This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. Hope you're having a great Labor Day long weekend. And as September kicks off and the fall real estate season gets slowly into gear, one of the big questions this year is Vancouver real estate cooling off. In a moment, we'll be checking in with John Carlson of 2% Realty. You know him as Johnny Smartpoint. We'll get his take on things. That's coming up. But first, some of the consumer news from the past week. Tesla has updated the software in its cars, and that software is allowing some drivers to use the vehicle's autopilot driver assist system for extended periods without making them keep their hands on the steering wheel. And that's a development that has drawn concern from U.S. safety regulators. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration has ordered Tesla to tell the agency how many vehicles got that software update making the change and what its plans are for wider distribution. In a letter to Tesla, the agency says it's concerned that more drivers will activate the change And that's going to lead to more drivers just not paying attention. The U.S. government has been investigating autopilot for crashing into emergency vehicles parked on freeways, as well as hitting motorcycles and crossing tractor trailers. At least 17 people have been killed in crashes in the States. B.C. has posted a surplus of more than 700 million bucks in the 2022-2023 budget. According to an audited public accounting of financial records, Finance Minister Katrine Conroy says the audited public accounts show B.C.'s economy grew by 3.6 percent, tied for fourth highest among the provinces and equal to Canada's national growth. B.C.'s budget forecasts have been on an up and down ride for the past two years with multiple revisions made to an original forecast of a $5.5 billion deficit. The final numbers now show a surplus of $704 million after a series of major one-time investments. Police west of Toronto say the majority of the 5 million bees that fell off a truck this past week have now been safely collected. Halton Regional Police thanked the beekeepers who arrived in Burlington Tuesday morning to help with the cleanup after the crates of bees fell all over the highway. Officers left a few crates behind just in case some of the bees were trying to go home. Drivers passing by the area were also being warned for the past few days to keep their windows up. Two Hollywood strikes can't stop one of the most prestigious film festivals in the world. The Venice Film Festival opened Wednesday night and artistic director Alberto Barbara says you'll still see some famous faces despite the labor disputes with screen actors and writers. Adam Driver, the star of Michael Mann's Ferrari, was able to show up after the film reportedly got a waiver from the union, SAG-AFTRA, for its stars to be able to go out and promote it. But other films will be noticeably short on star power, with Bradley Cooper, who directed and stars in Maestro, having to bow out. That movie has uh, uh, Bradley Cooper starring as the great musical conductor Leonard Bernstein. Meantime, Vancouver's own VIF, the Vancouver International Film Festival, is set to go at the end of the month, September 28th until October the 8th. 
They'll have all sorts of guests as well as movies from around the world, including some big ones getting their world premieres right here in Vancouver. Go to vif.org for all the info. This coming Wednesday will be the launch date when they announce their entire program. This is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. And coming up, we're going to talk real estate and uh, ask what the fall could have in store for us real estate wise. We'll hear from John Carlson. You know him as Johnny Smartpoint. JohnnySmartPoint.com is his website. And that's when Vancouver Consumer continues on CKNW right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. And there was definitely an uptick in Vancouver real estate in the spring of this year. That's after a year of declining prices and sales. It looked like buyers had decided that the interest rate hikes that we had been seeing in Canada were done. And a lot of people were surprised by the quarter point increase that we had earlier this month. And now the question is, has that put a chill on the market? To help us with that is our man on the ground, seeing all the twists and turns that the Vancouver real estate market is making in all the different areas of the Lower Mainland. Our friend John Carlson of 2% Realty, you know him as Johnny Smart Point. You can find him online at johnnysmartpoint.com and he is here now. Hi, John. How you doing? Hello. I'm doing great. Thanks. I love being here. Thanks for having me back. All right. Keeping cool in the summer heat. And uh, you have an interesting theory on what the latest interest rate hike is doing to the market. And I look forward to talking to you about that uh, later on in the show. But right now, I want to talk to someone uh, who you know very well, uh, somebody that you've just worked with, uh, Ian and Kay. They they have sold their home in Langley. It was a big acreage. And I just happened to have Ian on the line. Hi, Ian. How you doing? Hi, Martin. Very well, thank you. Excellent. Well, first off, congratulations to you and Kay. You uh, sold your acreage in Langley and you moved to Kamloops with the help of uh, Johnny Smartpoint, John Carlson. And uh, it was kind of a, not confusing, but a a little bit more complicated than the typical uh, real estate deal because you bought the property in Kamloops before you sold your acreage, right? Yes, that's right. Um, and certainly, uh, potentially can create a very stressful situation when you, uh, when you do it that way around. Yeah. So, so you, you got in touch with John a little later on in the process though, right? Yes. Although the two really tied together fairly shortly. Um, but certainly, yes, we had already effectively, uh, put a, a verbal offer in on our on our uh, property, which then in turn became a formal offer on our on the Camloops property, leaving us with a reasonably good timeline uh, for selling, but nonetheless put us under the gun a little bit that we had to get it done. Yeah, because you you don't want to sell for the sake of selling, uh, and you want to get what the value of the property is. And how did John help you with that? Well, I think first of all, uh, John identified that the the property. You know, this is not a, a cookie cutter sale. Um, it was always going to be a property that that uh, appealed very much to some people and not to others. So. Uh, really, we were we were very much expecting that this was not going to be something that happened overnight. 
So we um, so we dis- we discussed it to start with, and we priced it very much with a view to to selling, uh, given a reasonable exposure to the market, and um, uh, and away we went. Um, John's uh, estimation of of, of values um, was was pretty good, um, and uh, the market will always decide what the what the price is ultimately. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so you're saying because this was an acreage, so it, it's a little bit different. So, so it's a bit, uh, a bit more of a niche thing. So that made it all the more challenging. Yes, and and, and particularly challenging because um, there are different sorts of acreages. I mean, we we have uh, well over two acres here, but th- that was not two acres of usable land. Um, and so, inevitably, uh, people need to come and see for themselves what that acreage is doing for them. Do they want the privacy uh, of an acreage, or do they actually want practical land usage, like building shops and and use uh, that sort of acreage? So, of course, inevitably, you get people from uh, both sides. But many certainly were looking for usable acreage, uh, and ours was more privacy acreage. So uh, there, there certainly was a little bit of sorting out to do from that <laughs> point of view, which made it more challenging. Yeah, so so you're in this position. You've got this unique property. You have to sell because you've already bought something in, in Kamloops. Now, uh, there was a bit of a hiccup near the end. You thought you had sold. The buyer kind of wanted to renegotiate. How did John help you with that? Well, I think, uh, frankly, that was where we really felt that, that John's value uh, came into play because, as you can appreciate, uh, as the sellers, we felt very, very pressurized uh, on our, put the pressure on ourselves um, to get completed. But John was very good at, at keeping us very level-headed. The property is worth what the property is worth. Um, and just because we've purchased doesn't necessarily change that value at all. So he was very good at subtly keeping us strong through the process. (laughs) Uh, And I think that's what stands out most of all of our dealings with him. Yeah, because I I guess you're in a position where uh, a real estate agent could tell you to "Eh, take it. You got to go. You've already bought the place. Take it because basically their commission's pretty much the same. Yeah, that's and that's what stands out about this. Um, it was very subtle. We were always aware that at the end of the day, it's up to us to decide what value we are prepared to sell at. And John uh, was very much the other way. He was very much saying to us, look, you're priced to sell already. It's good value. Um, just because you purchased doesn't doesn't necessarily change the value of the property. And hold your nerve. And uh, <laughs> he did it. He did it very, very subtly. We never felt. Uh, we certainly never felt any pressure to take offers. Um, any anything from John was actually more the other way, which was to say, "Look, you know, I don't think you need to do this. You yeah. know, stand firm." And, and, yeah, and it worked very well. Yeah, because there's nothing worse than feeling like uh, someone you're working with is uh, kind of not on your side, that they're not on your team. But you, you, John was like your teammate in this whole situation. Very much so. Very much played the quarterback. Certainly. <laughs> um, yeah, certainly. Uh, he, that, that, I think, is what will stand out uh, for us, uh, most yeah. of all, about our dealings with him. Yeah. And just overall, whenever I talk to, to people, the, the one thing I always hear is they say they were never pressured. 
Uh, and usually it's it's a different situation because people are thinking of selling and they want to talk to a realtor, but you had to sell. So there was no pressure there. You just had to sell. But uh, the second thing I always hear is about his demeanor. He's calm, he's friendly, and he kind of becomes part of the family in a way. Would you say that's true? Yeah. Yes, I would say that that's absolutely true. Um, uh, yes, very, very calm, uh, very very laid back about it in that sense of the word, uh, and certainly at no point uh, do you do you feel any any sort of pressure um, in, in any direction. Um, and so that makes it so much better. But also, I think what's important is that it's, it's good to have a good demeanor and, and be calm. But nonetheless, you are looking for strong advice. And we got it. Yeah. Was there ever a moment where you were just uh, kind of panicked and you felt like, oh, we're not going to get this deal done? Yes. Uh, yes, certainly. Um, we, we felt that. And as you often hear, um, when it all came together, it all came together very fast. Um, <laughs> and everything happened on time. And a week later, you're thinking, what was all that about? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but certainly during that period of time, we 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 had very much had to take the view that in in, in the end we might lose the property in Kamloops and be starting over. We, we knew that, and um, but I think the important thing was, of course, we wanted to get it done. And John somehow or other managed to very subtly do the bit that he needed to do to guide us almost without us feeling like we were being guided. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. I, I'm hearing the word subtly a lot, which I think is great. So so yes, I'm guessing... That probably it, goes with his demeanor as well. It is, this, it is, it is subtle. Yeah. And strong. I'm guessing if someone came up to you and said, uh, I'm looking for a real estate agent, what would you tell them? Well, I would certainly, I would certainly say that uh, you should consider using John. The presentation was excellent of the property, the photographs, uh, the walkthrough video. Um, the, it was, was excellent. And certainly we got the people to come here. We got plenty of viewings. Uh, it might not have suited everybody who came to see them, but, but at no point, um, at no point did we ever doubt that the thing wasn't being presented properly. Um, and yes, uh, we'd certainly recommend him, um, to, to anybody. Yeah. And it's not, not to mention the, uh, 2% commission structure, which, uh, is a good deal. Yes. I mean, our view on that from the start, and we'd followed John on the radio for, uh, a number of times, for a number of months. And I think it's interesting that, and I've heard this before, um, but the 2% part of it actually wasn't the crucial part. Um, mm -hmm. We were more interested in, in, in what sort of job he was going to do for us. And the 2% saving, uh, of course, is, is a bonus. But we would, have, uh, we would recommend him anyway. Right. Well, congratulations, Ian and Kay. Uh, you made the deal. You're happy with the deal. Thanks to John Carlson. And now you're in Kamloops. You know, uh, what's the next chapter for you? Well, we're not quite in Cam in Camloops yet, Martin. We we don't move until just before the long weekend, so we're at that packing up stage at the moment and deciding what we're moving and what we're not moving. And uh, but it's a it's a good place to be because we've got plenty of time to do it. Yeah. Well, you better get back to putting stuff in boxes. I'll let you go. <laughs> Thanks so much, Ian. <laughs> Thank you, Thanks Martin. So much. 
Another satisfied customer of John Carlson, johnnysmartpoint.com is the website. And John, uh, that was a, a complicated deal, but uh, sounds like uh, all is well. Yeah, I don't even know how to follow that other than to, uh, you know, say say thank you, you know, Ian and Kay. Kay, I guess, wasn't part of the call, but it's really, it's really nice to be, you know, first of all, invited to, you know, to the discussion, at least, about an important matter in people's lives, which is, you know, the moving, the sale of property. Um, and so, you know, I always am respectful when people call me out to to even just interview me to see if I might be a good fit for them. And and of course, it's an honor when when I'm hired to do a job for clients. And, you know, and I've said this before, Martin, I, uh, you know, I get to really like my clients and I get very connected to them. And uh, Ian and Kay uh, were certainly, you know, no exception to say the least. I think they're fantastic people. Um, they were great to work with. I don't think at any time did we ever feel that we were out of sync with one another. Uh, again, my job is to listen, understand, give good advice. And then I think, you know, Ian, thank you for using the word quarterback. It's, it's funny. I, you know, <laughs> I played basketball for many years. I don't, I don't, uh, you know, play sports anymore, but I, I do like to watch a good football game. And so a good quarterback, I know nowadays, you know, in, in the, in the NFL, a good, a good quarterback is a very important piece of the puzzle. So I take that as a, as a compliment, but again, I'm not a decision maker. Um, so this was a process that we all went through together. Um, you know, with, with Ian and Kay, they had a property in mind and they wrote an offer and it was subject to sale. So they hadn't bought it yet, but on the other hand, they didn't want to lose it. I'd never seen that property and I wasn't involved with it, but it, you know, I could tell from talking to them that they felt the value was very good. Um, and, you know, aside from value, when people move, they want to be happy where they're living. I mean, this is the next 10 or 20 years of your life, potentially. So this was a challenge that had to be done and at the beginning, Martin. We we thought because I wasn't involved in the in the contract, it was an off market purchase. Um, uh, you know, I, and we thought we had like a good two months or so to, you know, to make sure we had an offer that was acceptable. And then suddenly it became clear uh, from them that we had more like three, three weeks or something like that. Wow. So everything changed. And, yeah. you know, we put our heads together and we wanted to, you know, make sure we got this job done. And, and you know, back to the sports analogy, sometimes when it's the fourth quarter and you might be down by a couple of buckets or a touchdown, whatever it might be, you, you have your timeout and you've got your huddle and it's time to perform. And I really felt that way, you know, with, with Ian and Kay, we were all on the same team. And uh, my job was to, you know, to get it past the goal line. And they had a great property. It showed very well. We made the decision to price it at a place where mm -hmm. we thought it was attractive and we were going to hold. And that was the plan. And that's what we executed. Well, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about those kind of sales where you buy something first and then you have to sell your property. And also you have some theories about uh, the latest interest rate hike and what it's doing to the Vancouver real estate market. We'll have more with John Carlson, johnnysmartpoint.com when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. It's Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong, and my guest this afternoon is our friend John Carlson. You know him as johnnysmartpoint.com. Uh, he's online at johnnysmartpoint.com. Uh, Actually, you know him as Johnny Smartpoint. His website is johnnysmartpoint.com. It's two N's in Johnny, Johnny Smartpoint. Uh, you can also write him an email, john at johnnysmartpoint.com. 
And uh, John, we just talked to uh, some happy clients of yours, Ian and Kay. They just sold this big property in Acreage in Langley and moved to Kamloops. But what was interesting about the deal is that they they put an offer that I guess was subject to sale of their place in, in Langley in Kamloops. And they didn't want to lose that deal. So they were under pressure to sell. And that's kind of a unique situation uh, for people, isn't it? It's not as unique as you might think. Um, really? You know, you kind of have to pick your poison sometimes when it comes to, you know, coordinating a purchase and a sale. And in this case, you know, it was out of town. It was an off-market purchase. And Ian and Kay found a place that by all sounds of things were, was just perfect for them. So again, I think he, uh, Ian mentioned that he put they put some pressure on themselves in that regard. And then, of course, there was a little bit of a misunderstanding about how long they had to actually get a sale here. And so that did put us under a little bit of pressure. But you know, I reminded Ian that, you know, there's pressure any way you look at it, because if they were to sell first and then go investigate the property, they might have a three month deadline and that clock starts ticking on day one. So in this kind of a market, Martin, as as we all know, it's it's not just greater Vancouver and the lower mainland, but throughout British Columbia, there's there's a shortage of, of good listings. Um, and we haven't seen a lot of inventory on the market. So this is one of the key aspects right now. When I sit down with clients, we want to talk about, of course, the market value and how we would position and how we would market and what unique features we offer to the market that gives us advantages over whatever competition might be out there. But then it's the process. How do you want to go about this? Let's look at it from this angle. Maybe you get an offer first and you give yourself a three-month completion and then you go look to buy. Maybe you write a subject-to-sale offer because those subject-to-sale offers were something you didn't see a year and a half ago when the market was red hot. Um, but now they're they're coming back again. So working with Ian and Kay, uh, you know, there's always a lot of moving parts, Martin. It's never the same story twice. That's what I love about this business. It keeps you alert. It keeps you interested. It's the most exciting business, I think, in the world that I can imagine anyways. And it's also really fulfilling because becoming parts of, you know, of, of a person's life for a month or two while they're taking care of these things and, and being a crucial part of it, it, it's very satisfying to me. So when I heard when I heard Ian, thank you. When I heard you, you know, mention that um, that you know you didn't feel pushed, and that you know that the two percent commission structure was just a bonus. That's mm-hmm. extremely gratifying, and I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, and I guess in a situation like this, when there's some pressure to sell, uh, a realtor is going to get paid either way, and it might be tempting for a real estate agent to to tell their clients, yeah, just just take the deal and and then the real estate agent gets paid and every everyone's happy kind of well you know let me address that actually martin because one thing i really like about my profession and 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 the people that i work with in my profession the other real estate agents out there is you know we we belong to a board um, an association with a code of ethics and we follow you know the rules of agency which say when I take on a client and they accept me as, as their designated agent, I owe them the duties of full disclosure. Everything I know, I report back to them. I don't make decisions, but I'm constantly reporting everything I know back to them and giving them advice. Of course, confidentiality. And the big one, loyalty, to work for them and their interest. If I were to say my commission was the most important part of the process, then my loyalty would be my commission. And, and that would be against the code of ethics. And I'm happy to say in you know, in 27 years, I've never had a, an issue or a dispute with any of those sorts of things in real estate. So I try to make my job easy. I'm a busy agent. I don't have any willingness or time to, you know, to, to, to do anything that w- would be against the code of ethics, let's just say, and the agency relationship. So, 
you never, as a, as a real estate agent, you never want to have a sale more than the client does. It's the client's motivation, you know, that is, that is paramount. And my job is to listen and understand and then translate that into a, into a plan of action. And, and in this case, it went very well. So again, you know, working with Ian and Kay was a complete blessing. I'll put it that way. It was fantastic. I think they're fantastic people. And uh, I was very happy to be a part of that. And if you're looking to sell uh, and you want to talk to somebody, John Carlson is there. You can go to his website, johnnysmartpoint.com. You can also give him a call, 604-612-0080, or an email, john at johnnysmartpoint.com. And uh, we've been talking so much about Ian and Kay because it's such a cool story. And uh, we wish them all the best in their new life in Kamloops. But I wanted to get your take on the market and uh, the market conditions. And and I guess the most important uh, element in the market right now is interest rates, because earlier in the month, it was kind of a surprise. Interest rates went up again. And so what's your take? What 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 is that doing to the market? You know, that is the big story right now. And, and it takes time for these things to ratchet their way through the market and, and to affect change in the market. Um, the fundamentals have changed greatly. The cost of borrowing money, it's, you know, it, it does two things really it's a double-edged sword and the first thing it does obviously is it creates a situation where uh, you know potential buyers just can't access money as easily or as much money as they could before so that kind of takes away some of their ammunition when it comes to going out there and you know and buying a property um, anecdotally i'm seeing all over the place like for instance i have a subject to sale offer uh, on a on a property uh, and the, the buyer's agent called me the other day and said, hey, John, great news. We've got an offer uh, come on our property. We're trying to get it together. But the thing is, the buyers of our property are under a deadline. If they don't complete in the next 30 days, they're going to lose their low rate guarantee because rates, rates have gone up twice since they got it pre-approved. And so there's, there's a little bit of push for these buyers to act before they lose their rates. And that obviously means that once those rates are lost or those buyers go through, we're dealing with a whole new set of buyers who are going to have less cash at their disposal, so to speak. And that's one big impact on the market. The other impact on the market, which you know has a negative effect on pricing, is people who are in their existing homes right now, maybe they're in they have variable rate mortgages. And you know, I've had many calls and past clients who've called me, and some of them have moved to Alberta or the island or other areas where pricing's a little bit easier. And they've said, you know. Our variable rate mortgage, we used to pay this amount and now we're paying 60% more and we just really can't afford to live in the house we've been in for the past, you know, three, four, five years or even fixed rate terms. Some people are saying to me, John, our mortgage is coming due. We're, we're currently, you know, at 2% or some, something like that. And now we're going to be up closer to 5.75 and we don't know if we can afford our home. So as these uh, homeowners start to work their way and their, and their interest rates uh, you know, they start to change, whether it's variable or fixed terms that are expiring, that produces some motivated sellers as well. So I think as time goes on, these interest rates are going to take a bite uh, out of the real estate market in terms of, you know, perhaps the prices. As I said a couple of weeks ago on the show, I think we've seen the high water mark for prices and I'm not predicting any sort of collapse or anything like that, but the fundamentals have changed. And, uh, you know, there are going to be, as we go further, some people who look at things and say, hey, does it make sense for us to be in our house? Is it time to downsize? So these interest rates do, you know, they're a fundamental part of the of the equation, if you will, when it comes to the real estate market in Greater Vancouver and the Fraser Valley. <clears throat> and this, these are things that I need to take into account when I'm giving my clients advice. Interesting. John Carlson is our guest. Johnny Smart Points. His website is johnnysmartpoint.com. 
And it, it sort of seems like uh, the interest rates, they last year, they, they put kind of a chill on the market. And, and I think nobody's expecting, you know, the markets to crash. But as we saw last year, the markets uh, had a bit of a chill thanks to the interest rate hikes. And then once people kind of got used to them, there was a bit of a, an upswing in, in the spring. And then they went up again, kind of a surprise. And uh, like you say, we we may see another bit of a chill. So do you think there'll come a time when people get used to the latest interest rate hikes? And, and when will that be? Yes, of course. And, and you know, let's look at both sides of the coin here. Um, when it comes to Greater Vancouver and the Fraser Valley areas, Real estate is a very robust, uh, you know, enterprise, so to speak. There are a lot of people who want to live in this area. Um, you know, uh, influx of, of immigrants from other provinces or other countries. Of course, there are now some rules about foreigners buying real estate, but those don't last forever. And there are loopholes, that sort of thing. So you want to be very careful not to underestimate the real estate market in Greater Vancouver and Fraser Valley because the demand side is extremely strong. And, you know, it, it's a little... It's a lot more complicated than just, you know, talking about some of these issues in their simplest forms. Uh, and there's a lot of moving parts. But, you know, I would suggest that, you know, it's it's like a living, breathing, breathing organism. Sometimes it's growing. Sometimes it's expanding. Sometimes it's contracting. And I think that the fundamental changes are going to be interesting to watch over the next few months. I try to be careful with predictions, but I, I will say I think we've seen the high watermark for prices. There's political pressure. There's economic pressure to have interest rates higher and to you know introduce affordability into the markets. But on the other hand, real estate in this area is a raging monster, and uh, it makes sense to own and hold real estate uh, you know in the long term in this area. So again, I meet with people on an individual basis. I provide my expertise to them. I'm straightforward. I tell them you know, the truth as I understand it at all times. And when people hire me, I do a good job. So uh, I also like phone calls. So if you want to go to the website, that's great. But you can feel free to call me on my cell phone. I'm always available. Yeah, that number 604-612-0080. John at johnnysmartpoint.com is the email address. And johnnysmartpoint.com is the website. And on your website, in the last couple of minutes that we have, you've got a, you've got some interesting listings. Might be worth yeah, a mention. You know, I should mention some of these. I've actually had quite a role, and I think in the last maybe five or six weeks, a, 10 of my listings have sold. So I've been very active. But I did have, there's, there's, there's one I want to mention. I have it on, uh, you go to my website on 72A Avenue in, uh, in Willoughby Heights in Langley. Offer Collapse. This is a fantastic home listed at 1.675, legal two-bedroom suite, six-bedroom and den home. You know, beautiful modern home in Willoughby Heights. And that one, we had a, a deal on it. And guess what? I guess the bankers said no to the buyer. So that one's back on the market. I also have a new listing, a 985 East 37th Street. It's only six days on the market now. But uh, the open house we had scheduled for tomorrow has now been canceled because we got an offer in place last night subject to financing approval again. So there's that one. Uh, and I've actually got a very interesting one, Martin. It's not on my website yet, but people can call me. I'll be listing in the next day or two a two-bedroom, two-bath condo in White Rock, about a five-minute walk from the pier. And guess what? It faces the ocean. Amazing panoramic top floor ocean view condo. It's going to be about $850,000. So I'm still working. Um, I'm available. I've had a very busy month and a half, two months. And now I find myself with fewer listings than I'm used to carrying. So I'm available for listeners out there who uh, want to take me on and, and give me some work to do. Sounds great. And that the place in White Rock sounds like the perfect place for someone to downsize maybe. And, uh, oh, man. Yeah. Retire. Can't wait yeah. to show the photos of that one on my on my website. 
Yeah. So uh, if you want to get a hold of John to talk about that, uh, just go to johnnysmartpoint.com. That's the website. And as I say, the email address is john at johnnysmartpoint.com and the phone number is 604-612-0080. Well, John Carlson, uh, thanks so much. And uh, we'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to that, Martin. Take care. See you soon. This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. Coming up, it was one of the craziest concerts to ever happen in Vancouver. And it happened this week in 1957. According to the Vancouver Sun, it was the most disgusting exhibition of mass hysteria and lunacy this city has ever witnessed. I'll tell you who it was and what went down when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. This past Thursday marked a pretty cool anniversary when it comes to entertainment in Vancouver. It was August 31st, 1957. One of the most notorious concerts in this city's history. It was the night the King, Elvis Presley, performed in front of 26,000 fans at Empire Stadium. It was quite a show. According to the late Red Robinson, who emceed the gig, the security wasn't worth a damn. Those were his words. Uh, Despite the 26,000 fans, Empire Stadium seemed to only have a handful of officers on hand at the front of the stage, estimated to be about 10 cops. They hadn't sold seats on the ground, so the fans just ran onto the field and rushed the stage, which was described as rickety. At best, Red said the stage setup seemed like it was made of balsa wood. In fact, Elvis's drummer, DJ Fontana, would later say of the gig that he and the rest of the band thought they were in serious danger of being killed. Within minutes of Elvis taking the stage, it's estimated that about 1,600 kids rushed the field. They had to stop the show four times to restore some kind of order. And in the Vancouver Sun the next day, reporter John Kirkwood said this, A hard, bitter core of teenage troublemakers turned Elvis Presley's one-night stand at Empire Stadium into the most disgusting exhibition of mass hysteria and lunacy this city has ever witnessed. This was 1957, and it was early in the career of Elvis Presley, but he was big. His debut album had been out for about a year, and the movie that he starred in, Love Me Tender, had just been released in theaters. For the show, Elvis wore a gold jacket and black pants. And according to the Vancouver Sun reporter, he made love to the microphone. He also wrote that Elvis, quote, dropped drunkenly to his knees and threw himself into more bumps and grinds than the PNE girly show has seen for years. Because <laughs> the PNE was going on at the time. Uh, the concert only lasted 22 minutes. And perhaps the coolest thing was the way Elvis left the building. As he walked backstage, Elvis quickly gave his gold jacket to a body double. That guy, actually Elvis's cousin, got into a limo that drove out the back of the stadium. Predictably, all the fans saw a guy in a gold jacket get in the limo. They ran after the limo. And while that was happening... Elvis went through a trap door in the stage and waited around. Once the limo was long gone, Elvis walked out from below the stage, calmly strolled to the BC Lions dressing room. 
It was Elvis's only Vancouver appearance. He had also done two shows in Toronto and two in Ottawa earlier that spring in 1957. Those shows would be the only concerts that Elvis Presley would ever play outside of the United States. Oh, and by the way, Elvis made 21000 bucks for his show at Empire Stadium. I'm Martin Strong. This is Vancouver Consumer. And coming up, the BC budget posted a big surplus last year. And Air Canada is making it harder to fly in and out of Calgary. Those stories, along with all the other consumer news of the week, when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.